Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you this morning. How are you this morning, Dr. Paul? Doing well. Good. We have a little good news good today, news, yeah. and mm -hmm. things are perking up, and the Supreme Court is not as bad as it used to be, but it still has a little ways to go. <laughs> They're not all dedicated libertarians, but we, we have a report that just came out dealing with the gun issue and it just happened that uh one of the, my favorite member of the supreme court wrote it yeah wrote the opinion and that of course was uh clarence thomas yeah. and uh it it has to do with uh you, you know a law that said that uh it was very going to be very restrictive uh uh you know on the second amendment and you had to had it it was a state law and they ruled it unconstitutional. They ruled correctly, and the vote was six to three. And the three most liberal, considered liberal, uh, members of the court, you know, voted against it. So six is pretty good. <laughs> but uh, that that doesn't mean that the rest of the uh, term now with this group of uh, of uh, Supreme Court justices that, that the that the conservative libertarian wing of the Supreme Court is yeah. always going to win. But this was good. This was good and said that uh, you can't curtail, uh, you know, the uh, ability to, for somebody to apply or you, ha you, you don't have to go through the hoops yeah. in order to prove that you needed it and you had a right to it and you could, therefore could do it. I have followed all the rules. And I've done what you said, and which would have eliminated the right of the person as the Constitution. The Constitution is pretty darn clear on yeah. that. Yeah. And so I guess even if uh, a member of the of the Supreme Court was lukewarm on the issue personally, uh, you know the the issue was clear cut. Uh, and uh, it, but, but but some people can adjust rather easily. No matter how clear cut it is, they can go and uh, and vote the opposite way. But but I thought this was great news. It just came out, and and the uh, uh, pro pro Second Amendment people are going to be very happy. Yeah, I'm glad it came out too because we were wondering what to talk about today. <laughs> so sometimes it falls in your lap and it makes us happy when that happens. But let's look at that tweet. This is from SCOTUS blog, and this is it in a nutshell. The Supreme Court strikes down a New York gun control law that required people to show a proper cause to get a license to carry a concealed handgun outside the home. The vote was 6-3. Thomas wrote the opinion. Alito, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, Barrett, and Roberts joined Alito. Uh, uh, also um, joined the, the, the main, the majority, as you say, Breyer, Sotomayor, and Kagan opposed. Um, thanks to Zero Hedge, they reminded us of Jonathan Turley's comment. If we can put that up next, uh, we can see his excellent analysis. New York's proper cause requirement violates the 14th Amendment by preventing law-abiding citizens with ordinary self-defense needs from exercising their Second Amendment rights. And that was key, and that's what, Dr. Paul, that's what uh, uh, Justice Thomas noted in his majority opinion, that the New York law requires you to demonstrate, quote, demonstrate a special need for self-protection distinguishable from that of the general community. And he ruled that that special need is unconstitutional because there is, should have a generalized interest in self-defense those who are law-abiding citizens should be allowed to, to carry concealed firearms. You know, the, the whole move by the far uh, left and authoritarians to remove the guns, you know, from the population, uh, 
really doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense constitutionally, but it doesn't make any sense practically, and it doesn't make any sense, uh, you, you know, when it comes to uh, just pure common sense. What ha happens is they say if you if you have a million people out there that uh, have guns, but ten of them last year committed a bad, vicious crime with a gun. Uh, therefore, what we have to do is really crack down on that uh, million people who had guns and didn't c commit crimes. And, uh, and, and so they justify it by what is happening. At the same time, they, they don't even look at it in a good practical manner. How many other crimes were committed, yeah. you, you know, with, with guns that were never reported or they didn't use guns? Uh, you know, the, the biggest attack on this country, the most people killed in one day day by terrorists is, would have been 9-11. Yeah. They didn't have to have guns to do it. So the gun, the gun uh, is, is uh, used many, many more times to protect people than it does to uh, cause a, a problem. Uh, but there is, there is no doubt that uh, there is a problem. There's too much violence. But, but you know, the people who, uh, the people who belong to gun organizations, uh, are usually very strict in teaching safety and yeah. different things like that. And, but, but you do th see when, when something uh, uh, comes up, there's probably hundreds, if not thousands of times that guns have stopped, you know, something bad from happening. But that doesn't make the newspaper. What you hear is when there's uh, 10 people killed, and it's, it is obviously very vicious, but yeah. what if there was 100 killed that night in inner city fighting in, big you know, in, the, in the big cities? And that's happening too with guns and with knives and everything else. Now imagine if down in Uvalde and other places there had been a properly armed people, the cops wouldn't even let people go in that had guns and wanted to take the guy out. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I was, uh, I wouldn't even go into it, but I was on a terrible debate program yesterday with a couple of Clintonista liberals and it was awful, but I mentioned, well, the places with the strictest gun control, Chicago, Detroit, DC, they seem to have a lot of violence and everyone seems to get killed every weekend. And they said, oh, well, all that violence is because of nearby red states smuggling weapons in. So it's never the fault of that area. It's never the fault of those gun laws. It's always the fault of those red states that are nearby smuggling in guns. And, you know, and it's just really sickening to how the liberal elite views the rest of the country. And I think that's, they're so out of touch. And I think it's reflected in Biden's polling numbers uh, and in the, the general view of the Democratic Party now uh, that the elites don't want people they consider to be knuckle-draggers to have access to firearms or anything else for that matter. All you need to do is shut up and obey, obey your betters, and it's really not working out very well for them, but they still do have that mentality. Yeah, and, and just think how many guns are used to protect these elite people you're talking about. Yeah, of course. They, yeah. Have, they, have, they have these guarded communities, and, uh, and yes, they're innocent people, but even those, they're hypocrites too. How many times have they found out uh, and it became unknown that some of these very rich people who preach they're taking the guns away from, from uh, the average citizen, yeah. uh, you know, <clears throat> end up they have their guns themselves yeah or they hire people to have their guns <laughs> right them. so one of the one of the uh, fallout of the supreme court decision today is that i believe it's nine states that currently have the may issue law which means they may issue if you can prove that you have a specific need will will be forced to change unless they find a way to get around it which they may well do to a shall issue which is you are a generalized citizen if you have a generalized need 
for self-defense and your law-abiding, then you shall be issued. And these states are California, New York, of course, we mentioned, Maryland, Delaware, New Jersey, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, Connecticut, and Hawaii have the May issue. So uh, if, if the ruling uh, is obeyed or is, you know, is recognized, then these states will have to change their approach to concealed carry. Right. Uh, the opposition, you know, to the Second Amendment, <laughs> they will not give up. <laughs> you know, and it, and it sort of has come and gone over the over the decades. Uh, there was a time, maybe a decade or two ago, where it was uh, a non-issue in the sense that the liberals were quiet uh, because they had lost a lot of seats, and that was one of the big issues, the Second Amendment, and and uh, they they uh, uh, didn't even bring it up. But now they're back at it again because of you know the uh, the amount of attention that's gotten for th with these horrible uh, incidents where uh, people have been killed. So they take off, they take take uh, advantage of that. But you know the the really the the gun issue. Um, I think also invents, uh, we've already mentioned, government guns. Government guns uh, so often are the real killers. Uh, and, if, and if you include undeclared, unconstitutional, immoral wars, and if you include a gun as being a violent weapon, that has to be, you know, if you look at the 20th century, what percentage of the killing occurred by individuals because he was a citizen and he was trying to protect his house? Uh, especially in this country, it, it wasn't, that isn't what was happening. But how many people have died, you know, at the hands of government guns? And uh, e even now, how about the illegal break-ins by the police and the FBI and the, so yeah. much abuse that has gone on? And uh, Uvalde was, a, that's a sad, tragic thing. Poor, poor, uh, poor management, poor, poor training as far as I can tell. Yeah. Well, I hate to harp on this, but on this debate with these two Clintonites, one was an Obama advisor or what have you, I, I was accused, of course, of being a Republican and a racist, which I'm neither, because I just want black people to die in the inner city. And I came back with something which I truly believe, which is there are great groups out there like Black Guns Matter, Maj Torres organization that goes into the inner cities and trains and teaches blacks and other minorities and other people that live in the inner cities how to properly use firearms, to defend themselves. I said, no, I don't want blacks to die. I want blacks to get guns to defend themselves in dangerous areas. Well, they, you know, they changed the subject when it came to that, but uh, they, can't, they can't take that. I haven't figured out why the argument from our side has never really uh, helped that much. And that is all dictators, you know, register and take the guns away from them. When you think about it, the tragedy of uh, the Holocaust all the guns were taken away and the Jews were just rounded up and put in there and nobody nobody f could fight back all the guns were taken and and that is the case so often yeah. that that happens but they don't see the connection so either <clears throat> they're stupid or <clears throat> or they actually you know you know believe this is going to be helpful or they don't really care but it, it doesn't make any sense you'd think that would be a good reason <clears throat> and i think sometimes in the minority community <clears throat> minority community they are being more willing to look at our side of the argument that's why there are other good groups too, like um, Jews for the uh, for the uh, preservation of firearms ownership. Right. You know, in America, yeah. so there are strong groups that understand that when they take the guns away, <laughs> you're pretty vulnerable. Boy. Well, let's move on to the next one because this is this is something that I know 
uh, I know is interesting to you and to most people, the top economic advisor to President Biden, her name is Elena Rouse. She's the chair of the Council of Economic Advisors, so she's got to be pretty smart. She's got to be a pretty good economist. Maybe she's spoken at Mises a few times. I don't know. <laughs> well, no. No, not quite. <laughs> she is asserting that the only way to solve the inflation crisis is more <coughs> government spending. And, and, you know, that's not the first time <coughs> they've said it because that's Pelosi was very blunt yeah, about it. You, yeah. you have to spend more money. And the, the neat part about this article on Zero Hedge, and th this one has is, is just, just come out recently, too, but it, it's so insane, you know, because they, <laughs> li they, they lack understanding. And, you know, when I saw the title and, I, and in my mind, I said, oh, more of the same thing. You know, they're going to this article is going to be talking about, uh, you, you know, the uh, uh, different excuses for it. And uh, they're not going to mention the Federal Reserve and they're yeah. not going to mention <laughs> excessive spending. And they're, they're not going to mention the need for big government and all the things that are behind the uh, this the the incentive to spend more money, but not deal with the real problem. And uh, but they they it turns out that this is a neat article. Yeah. Zero Heads really did it well because they go through and point out how ridiculous some of their arguments are and say that, you know, this is, they start off by saying, this is just like they want to spend $5 trillion and they figure, you know, build back better. Could be $5 trillion. And it reminded them of, uh, of the, of the uh, ben, uh, you know, FDR's, yeah. <laughs> you know, depression and, uh, and the bailing out of the depression. But uh, they conclude the article after doing some history here and explaining, you know, what has happened in the past and why this is failing and the administration isn't doing a very good job and why they, you know, I think that uh, in, in, they don't define inflation. I said, well, it's, you know, it's more Keynesianism. Even our side doesn't understand, you know, uh, you know, sound money and, and they don't understand intervention and they don't understand Keynesianism. But the conclusion is worth reading yeah. today. So I, I want to read the conclusion of this article. And uh, it starts with uh, the, the it, it closed, it's a closing paragraph. The true cost of the Build Back Better program, if approved, will be approximately $5 trillion. And this spending would occur swiftly over a course of a couple of years, flooding the economy with even more fiat dollars at a time when inflation is officially at 40-year highs. So, but, but he's building the case, you know, what causes inflation, we're getting more of it. Never in history has, <clears throat> has fiat spending ever reduced inflationary pressures. It only makes them worse. That's good stuff. The real solution is a complete restructuring of the currency model, such as coupling a nation's money to a hard commodity like gold and a moratorium on deficit spending. Obviously, Biden will never do this, and so inflation is going to be a problem that Americans face for many months to come. It makes me happy because my early motivation of just speaking out before I even thought about politics was because I, you know, recognized what kind of problems were coming after they got rid of the very, very weak uh, connection between our dollar and gold. And that was, you know, August 15th in 1971. 
But this, this, this little summary here, if people would read this and understand it, they could quit looking, you know, you have an answer to these people who say, oh, well, it's Biden's fault, it's Putin's fault, Putin's fault. And they have, all, they have all, all these excuses. But it isn't just, it, it, it's a lot of partisanship, which is, which is terrible about it. But it's most of the time that very few people, because none of no, people aren't, uh, aren't uh, uh, you know, being educated. Being, most people are still educated in government schools. We have some alternatives. We could suggest but that's really that's really what counts and uh, I, I know my introduction to understanding this issue came from private sources and it had nothing to do with uh, an economics course in college I thought was crazy and uh, and, and it, it came you know from the foundation of economic education Leonard yeah. Reed it, it was totally private and he issued books and pamphlets and there were seminars so that that was outside and that's how I got started Started, but still the majority. But the minority is what uh, the minority. Uh, the minority, even uh, if it's small, it's their leadership position and position. And like when people can uh, put out articles like this, I think this is good stuff, and this is what we need. To not only to uh, realize what sound money is all about, but also uh, re realize how it's connected to some of the bad things that government uh, does with unsound money, you know, the welfare, warfare state, and we've talked a lot about that. Yeah, well, they're not getting the word in Washington, and our last little tidbit here is in a related way, you know, Biden put up what he wants for the military in 2023. And again, the House and Senate said, no, that's not quite enough. We want to add some stuff right. into it. So, and this is from our friend Dave DeCamp on antiwar.com. Actually, that's not the one. Um, House panel increases Biden's 2023 military budget request by $37 billion. Well, in fact, they're fiscal conservatives because the Senate wanted to go $45 billion. So this is what this is what happens, you know. This, this describes the problem that I was yeah. trying to explain or make a point about, because no matter what is said and the information is there and how silly this is and five trillion dollars of uh, more inflated currency is not going to be uh, not be solving the problem. But the other point here is I don't have the vote on it, but if it if it may have even passed in the committee, you know, on a voice vote. But if there was a vote, a vote you can be sure that. It it didn't pass without a lot of Republican yeah. support, yep. and uh, that uh, that is uh, you know the the big problem because it's sort of uh, uh, you know supported by both sides of the aisle. Yeah, they love it. Well, I'm going to close out if we can put on that last clip because I'm very happy to report, and that's why I'm a little bleary-eyed because I finished <laughs> up around 12:30 last Thank night. Um, our tickets for the September conference are now finally available. I will include a link at the conclusion of this show in the description of this show. But for easy reference, you can go to ronpaulinstitute.org. And on the upper right-hand corner, you can click for more details. Anatomy of a police state. Here's a famous da Vinci drawing uh, updated for our modern times. Uh, you'll see here. It's going to be a great conference, Dr. Paul. The tickets are now on sale. They started going pretty quickly, and I'm glad. We do have less tickets available this year than we had last year, I'm sorry to say, um, but we had to choose a venue uh, carefully and there were less seats available, so they will sell out quicker. Um, but the one thing we did, because you know, America is suffering from inflation, higher prices. I was talking to Adam, my colleague, we were trying to figure out what can we do to try to make it a little easier on people. Well, we've been able to hold the line 
and actually not only offer the tickets at the same price, but to encourage people so that we know what we're facing early on rather than at the end. To get tickets early, we have put in an early bird special. So for the, I think until the end of July, you can save $10, um, which doesn't sound like a lot, but um, it's less than last year when everything is going up. Save $10 with an early bird special. Adam negotiated great room rates with the hotel, less than $100 a night in DC for, for, a, for a very, very nice hotel. Uh, that is gonna be really something. So we're doing everything we can to make it easier for you to attend. And we hope that you will be interested enough to click on, check out. We don't have the speakers listed yet, but we'll start to we'll start to announce them. We'll have some of them on the show so you'll know what you're getting into. Some of them you know very well because they've been in the news a lot. Um, so get your early bird tickets so we know how many that we're dealing with. If you're interested in the host committee, uh, click on that link and there'll be you can send me an email. The host committee are people who are sponsors of the conference and in exchange for helping sponsor the conference. Uh, we give them some nice perks. We have a great cocktail reception the night before. We have special seats for them in front so they have a great view and they don't have to scurry for seats. We have a great wine and cheese after the event mixed with the speakers, mixed with the other uh, supporters. So there's a lot of great stuff happening. DC, it's Labor Day weekend, so you can you know, kind of bake it into your vacation. Yeah, DC is a cesspool, but there's a lot of fun stuff to see there anyway. And I'm happy to share some fun things to do. Uh, so all in all, I'm very excited, Dr. Paul. I love doing the DC conferences. Um, I love meeting everyone. I know you do too. And I'm just really looking forward to, as our friend Bumper Hornbrecher says, it recharges our batteries. <laughs> very good. I'm going to uh, close out by reemphasizing uh, something about the budget. And we just talked about the $37 billion increase in the military budget, which uh, I claim the big problem there is very bipartisan. There was a time when progressive, very liberal Democrats were generally seen as being anti-war. That is not the case anymore. The coalition to be built and rebuilt and expanded has to come elsewhere, but everybody is welcome to become anti-war and make it a little bit more than, uh, uh, you know, bipartisan bickering or bipartisan plans just to spend more money and claiming that's going to solve the problem of inflation, spend more money. But uh, this, this last... Uh, uh, incident, you know, in the committee uh, for the $37 billion, one, uh, the, the, the ringleader there was Elaine Luria, a Democrat from Virginia. Uh, and, and this is a quote from anti-war, an ultra hawk <laughs> who wants to give uh, President Biden war powers to fight China if it invades Taiwan was one of the leader's efforts to do it. Plan for more wars and more spending. And uh, she predicts it is going to be when this dust settle, it's going to be a lot more than thirty seven billion dollars. So this. This is the uh, kind of thing that continues to go on, and, uh, and it, 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 they mix it up. They're hawks. They like the war. They want the antagonism. They don't believe deficits matter. And uh, then they talk themselves, and they try to talk the American people into believing that actually it's going to stop inflation. Well, that, that's not going to happen. But the mechanism there is solid in place, and it starts with the principles devised in 1913 when 
uh, it was, uh, you know, given to the people who in this country was given this, you know, uh, income tax. It gives license to the authoritarians to do what they want in a welfare warfare state. And also uh, the, the way the Federal Reserve operates, the availability of the Fed, which was established in 1913, makes it an open door policy. Yes, this spending on the military and all these budget things are very important, but that is not the inflation. It's an incentive for inflation. The inflation comes from the Federal Reserve designed for a scheme of things, and then the politicians, they don't even have to think about it and talk about it because uh, it, uh, it's something that's out of their hands. It's secret. We don't control the Federal Reserve, and this is the mess we have. But this is so typical of the way it works, and it's just a, a system that is devised for big government. And if you believe in liberty and prosperity, it's a tough road to hoe. And that is our goal. We want to have a system which emphasizes personal liberty, which will provide the peace and prosperity that everybody deserves, and it can be achieved. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.